this episode I think is going to be a good example of what it is that I'm striving to do here. So I have half a dozen different things rattling around in my head that are all broadly related to the same thing. But at, at the minute they're just, they're bits of data. And by making this recording, I'm trying to turn those, I'm trying to put those bits of data in formation, to put them in a row, to put a, a, to try and get some sort of a start, middle and end out to put them in formation so that they become information. So I've got these little bits and pieces of knowledge that I think that I have. And what I'm striving to do is amalgamate them all so that I'm left with an idea at the end, an idea which hopefully can be tested in some sense. And what I'm going to name this is psychological fat loss. And what I'm, what I'm struggling with, I suppose, is is an analogy that I'm trying to draw between weight loss on your body and weight loss on your mind. Okay, so if you don't exercise and you eat a load of shitty food and you've got a sedentary lifestyle, which is more the norm than the exception these days, you're going to pile on body fat, which you can see. Just look around you. Look at yourself in the mirror or look at the people walking down the street or look at, look at your family. Where the Irish nation have, and most Western nations are fatter than they've ever been and not in a good way. But there's an analogy, I think, buried in here somewhere between physical weight loss and psychological weight loss. So first things first, with physical weight loss, there's a distinction that needs to be made that I don't think enough people do, which is the difference between losing weight and losing body fat. If you don't drink for 24 hours, you'll probably drop a stone in weight, or certainly if you don't drink for two days straight. So if weight loss is your goal, if that's what you want, if you want to lose as much weight on the scales as humanly possible, just don't drink for a day or two. Now, extend that for long enough and you'll die, okay? But do it for 24 hours and you'll be, you know, you'll be a bit dehydrated, but you'll have, low, you'll have lost a load of weight and you'll actually look slimmer in the mirror. But as I said, you continue that for like a week and you'll die. And if you just start drinking the next day, all that weight just instantly, it just comes back on because you haven't lost it. You've just dried your body out a little. And there's half a dozen different ways that you can lose weight. You could just spit into a bowl for an hour. And if you've got a, a kilo of spit, if you have a litre of spit in a jug in front of you, you'll weigh about a kilo less or two pounds less. Now again, you replace that by just drinking a pint of water or two pints of water or whatever it takes. So it's it's very transitory, if that's the right word. It's just, it's it's a it's a passing thing. It's a here today, gone tomorrow kind of gains, which are of no benefit to anybody. Doing a big poo has the same effect. You weigh, you know, to keep the maths straight, 170 pounds. You go for a big poo and you weigh 168 pounds. You weigh less, but you haven't lost any body fat. Getting sick is the same thing. So you could probably lose a stone or two in a matter of hours by just pooing and pissing and spitting and making yourself get sick. You'll weigh less, but you won't have lost weight, as they say. You won't have reduced the amount of body fat. In order to reduce the amount of body fat, you seem to have to be consuming less calories than you're burning. 
Now, you have to be careful there because if you go drastic on that, if you really, really restrict your intake of carbs, what your body will essentially say is, fuck, there's a famine. We have to store as much fat as we possibly can because we have to jump into survival mode. And what your body will do if you really, really restrict your calorie intake is it'll eat lean muscle over excess body fat because it has use for the excess body fat and it doesn't have use for muscle tone outside of, you know, just being able to move around and be mobile. But I really don't want to get sucked down the specifics of, of weight loss. I want to talk about it like I try and talk about everything in much broader terms. So I'm not forgetting about psychological weight loss, but I'm just going to stick with physical weight loss for the minute. So first off, losing weight and losing body fat is a big distinction that a lot of people fail to make. Another thing that they fail to realize is the inaccuracy of scales. Digital scales or analog scales, they're notoriously inaccurate. If you want to get an accurate measurement of your own weight, you have to do three things. Number one, you have to calibrate your scales every time you use it. And what that means is you need to get a known weight, like a 10 kg dumbbell or a 10 kg plate or 10 one kg bags of sugar or whatever the fuck it is that you have that you know has a standardized weight on it. The idea being you put that on your scales and you move your scales around on your floor, you angle it whatever way you have to so that what comes up on the scales is the same as the weight that you put on it. Because if it's not, it's inaccurate. The second thing then is in order to get your an accurate weight of yourself, you have to weigh yourself over a couple of days. Because like I outlined already, depending on how recently you've eaten, depending on how recently you've gone to the toilet, depending on how dehydrated you are throughout the day for whatever reason, you're going to weigh more or less. Your body weight is going to fluctuate plus or minus several pounds on a daily basis. So weighing yourself on a Monday at seven o'clock in the morning and saying you weigh 80 kilos and then weighing yourself the following Monday evening and you weigh 81 kilos, you haven't put on a kilo of body fat. Maybe you have, but the likelihood that you put on two pounds of body fat is highly unlikely. What's far more likely is that you are either a little bit dehydrated when you weighed yourself the first time, or you're more dehydrated than you were the second time, or you're just, you've got a big meal in your stomach. There's 101 different ways that your body weight can be, can be off. So in order to get an accurate weight of yourself, you have to calibrate your scales every time you use it and then average your weight over the course of a couple of days throughout the week or whatever. But you need to know what you're weighing, what you actually weigh, if that's the metric that you're going by. And this is getting me onto the more fundamental thing about what I want to talk about. It's this obsession with the details. I didn't weigh myself at the start of the carnivore diet. From what I had heard about it, weight loss and fat loss more specifically, was an added benefit from it. Now I wasn't I didn't do it for that purpose, but I said to myself, Jesus, if I lose a bit of body fat, you know, happy days. So I didn't weigh myself at the start of the month and I have, I'm not going to weigh myself at the end of the month because I, I think that's too detail focused. You're getting into too much of the nitty gritty there. What I prefer to do is make fundamental changes to my diet so that over time I'll get back to what I, the weight that I should be at. Because I don't know what weight I should be at. Picking a weight, saying to yourself, oh, I'd be a lot happier if I weighed 10 kilos less. It's a, 
it's a really blurry, fuzzy, nondescript way of thinking. You, as far as I'm concerned, you'd be far better off concentrating on eating a balanced diet and having a healthy life and a healthy lifestyle and a healthy work-life balance and all the rest of it. And then seeing what you end up weighing, because that's the way it you should be at. If you can eat, not eat clean, I was about to say if you can eat clean, people fucking, ah, it drives me fucking mad. People, myself included, we have these terms and it's a referencing problem. We say, oh, I'm going to start eating cleanly. But what we mean is we're going to start eating the way we should have been eating in the first place. And a better way of saying we should start eating more cleanly is saying we should stop stuffing ourselves full of stuff we shouldn't be eating. Like a a diet of meat, vegetables and fresh water should be considered eating, not clean eating. That's just eating. But from a position of having a terrible diet, it's clean eating. So what we have to get back to is just normal eating. We have to get... There's a lot of talk these days about the new normal. How about actually incorporating incorporating an actual real normal? Like eating plants and animals as opposed to eating stuff that's been extruded through a pipe and pumped full of preservatives and antibiotics and God knows what else. Back to basics being normal. Not, not Not a new normal, a... Back to fucking basics. Now again, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about not having electricity and living in a cave in a loincloth, okay? You can eat plants and animals and have fibre optic broadband and central heating. That's the fucking... Like, it's it's the good, basically the good life. That's what I'm talking about. You can have the good life, but with fibre optic broadband. At least I think you can. And that's what I'm striving to achieve across my not-too-distant future. But getting back to the, the to the weight loss thing, there's an in, there's the weight loss industry, okay? Gyms are involved in it. Um, crowds like Weight Watchers or personal trainers, all these people, they're in the weight loss industry for the most part, okay? Now don't get me wrong, gyms do bodybuilding and they do you know more sports specific training programs. But for the most part, when people are exercising, it's either to stave the weight off or to lose the weight that they have. For the most part, in my experience. People do it for their mental health, blah, 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 blah. But in my experience, the overwhelming majority of exercise is done by people to lose weight or to lose body fat. And what's offered is a perfect plan. You go to a personal trainer and you say, look, I'm not happy with how fat I've gotten. I want to lose a load of body fat. He'll give you a perfect plan. Perfect plans are out there to beat the band. You could just Google a perfect plan. But what I'm going to contend with here is or can try and contend against is the idea that you can have a perfect plan with a one percent success rate and i think that's what gyms and personal trainers for the most part peddle to people they they lay out exactly what you have to do and they tell you if you do this you will lose the weight that you want to lose and they're right they give you a perfect plan tailor made for you it's your perfect plan Follow this step-by-step guide and you will achieve the goals that you want to achieve. It's not rocket science. And they'll say that themselves. It's, It's as simple as you just committing to doing what they tell you you need to do. And if you can do that, well, then you'll get the goals that you you want. All seems very simple. The downside is it doesn't work for people. It works for some people, don't get me wrong, but it works for a minority of people. So the way I conceptualize it is 
it's a perfect plan with a terrible success rate. In relation to hijacking the machinery of, of our minds and our physiology, of, of our bodies and our souls even, what, I would, what I've tried to do and what I've done effectively with this meat-only business for April is I've implemented a far-from-perfect diet, or sorry, a far-from-perfect plan. I said to myself, I was going to just eat nothing but meat for the month and that would cut me away from my sugar addiction, basically. And from the habits of just going into the shop and buying whatever shite that was there and being in the habit of picking and eating when I'm bored and all that fucking nonsense. It's an imperfect plan, no doubt. But I would argue that you're better off with a with an imperfect plan or even a bad plan. How's this? I prefer a bad plan with a high success rate than a good plan with a low success rate. And there's a payoff for people peddling perfect plans. Because if you are a personal trainer or a gym or a weight watcher head or whatever it is, and you put forward a perfect plan and you give it to your paying customer, if they fail, it's their failure. You gave them a perfect plan. The onus is on them to do the donkey work. And like the onus should be on them to do the donkey work. But if you give someone a perfect plan and your success rate is, is shocking, like if you're a personal trainer or a weight loss dude or one of these people and you've had a hundred people through your doors in the last six months, two of which you could use as testimonials. I mean, that's, that's a 98% fail rate. But you'll put that fail rate on the person because the person didn't implement your perfect plan. And as far as I'm concerned, you're far better off having a much shittier plan but just with a slightly better success rate. And that's what pairs it back to this idea of psychological fat loss. I have lost body fat on this meat-eating diet, and I know I have, not because my weight has changed, but because I can actually, I'm starting to see a bit more definition. I'm starting to have the body that I fucking used to have when I was training like fuck back in the day. But that's the other thing. It's not that I was just training like fuck back in the day. I was training like fuck and eating well. Now, not as well as I'm going to be eating in May by any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have had a wholesome diet when I was training as a fighter. I would have been eating a lot of bread and a lot of pasta. Far more than I should have been. And the only reason that I didn't get fat in it was because I was training like a lunatic. But if I ate the same diet now with just a bit of running that I'm doing every day, I'd probably be piling on the weight. But Losing a bit of body fat on this diet has been great. I may well put it back on when I go back to eating a more balanced diet. I'm inclined to doubt that, to be honest with you. I certainly would if I was just going to go back in and pick up where I left off before I started this meat-eating diet. Within the month, I'd have as much body fat back on me, if not more. But I very much plan to not go back into old habits. As I've outlined previously, my plan is to continue my efforts to eat clean I'll just be incorporating fresh locally sourced or grown vegetables and plants on top of my my meat consumption but on top of losing fat from my body and this is where the analogy is that this 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 whole episode has been a bit back and forward because as, as I outlined at the start I'm not entirely sure where I'm going with this and 
That's the goal of these episodes. I never, I haven't to date at least, sat down, scripted out what I wanted to talk about and then uploaded it as a piece of finished work. I've never done that. I intend to in the future, but I certainly have never done it now. And this absolutely isn't that episode. Everything that I've been done up to date is, is I'm trying to figure out something. In this instance, it's the correlation between fat loss and psychological fat loss. Psychological fat loss I haven't touched on yet, so I'm going to try and explain what it is that I mean by that. I feel physically trimmer. I feel tauter. I don't feel as stodgy in my physical body. But there's an equivalent to my mind. I feel like I'm thinking clearer. I don't feel as though I'm as sluggish with my thoughts now, not with my, my movements, my, my mental movements as opposed to my physical movements. In a fucking weird way, my brain feels fitter. And I'm not entirely sure how or why this has happened, but I just, I feel sharper. And it's as though my brain has lost some fat, if that makes sense. I've, I've, I've shed some psychological fat. And in keeping with the whole off the lead thing, I'm increasingly becoming of the opinion that it could possibly be mostly diet related that has us the way we are. And by has us the way we are, I mean that our diets have played a big role in domesticating us, basically. So think of a, a dog that you might have or a cat. If you feed it tins of processed shit from the fucking dog food factory, it'll be a certain way. But if you feed it lean meat or, you know, if, if, you're, if, you, if you're feeding it from the butcher's bin as opposed to tins out of the shop, your dog will be in better form, physically and mentally. And we're no different. And I think it's modern diets, and by modern diets I mean processed foods, refined carbohydrates and simple sugars, our food in and of itself is domesticating us. It's keeping us, it's making us more docile. It's making us more compliant. It's making us more obedient. I'm beginning to think. Now there's 101 different things that contributes to our our domestication and my own domestication as much as anybody else's. A perfect example of my own domestication was in the previous episode whereby a butcher told me one thing and I just believed him because he was a butcher. Like that's just straight up domestication. That's just believing the teacher, the priest, the judge, the guard, seeing these people as as authority figures. Like the cows in the fucking field. They just do what they're told. They eat what they're fed. They don't question, you know, oh, what's in that other field? What's what's going on over there? What, why are things the way they are? Why can't things be a little bit better? It's just... Don't say a word. Don't think. Just, just get on with it. Don't rock the boat. Just play along. And another thing that I've mentioned throughout the over the years, I suppose, is that we're products of our environment and our environment is made up of the things that are around us. Like, I'm lucky I live in the countryside, so my environment is fresh air and trees and hedges and fields and shit. If you live in a two-bed apartment in Finglas, you have a very different environment. 
and that's your that's your physical environment that's the world around you but there's the world that you put in you which is your food and there's mental food and there's physical food so the physical food is the stuff that you stuff in your fat face but your mental food is what goes in through your your eyes and your ears and your senses so the television that you watch the radio that you listen to the podcast that you listen to all that is is food for the mind that's all part of your environment and there's something to our modern shitty diets that is affecting us it's affecting our personality as i said it's 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 making us increasingly domesticated we're more and more docile than we've ever been we're more and more compliant than we've ever been we're, we 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 pride ourselves on our obedience like a fucking like a good dog and as you can probably guess from this 20 minute long ramble i haven't quite put my finger on it but i think i'm onto something here there's something about the modern Western diet, which is essentially processed foods, refined carbohydrates, and simple sugars, that is in everything that we eat. Everything that we eat. And there's something about it that has our brains with love handles, if that makes sense. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm stretching here, I'm reaching, I don't, I don't get it, but I'm trying to fucking figure it out. And if any is... I've listened to that and said, Frano, there's a big glaringly obvious thing you're missing. It's right there. I was waiting for you to say it, but you didn't. You'll get me on 089 60 47 888. And on that note, I'll chat to you soon.